Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined on the phone by Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. It has been a very news heavy week for markets here and abroad. And, you know, it it wasn't just this week. It seems to be that it's going to be a heavy news week in the weeks to come as well. Now, before we bring Jeff into the conversation, let's just have a quick look around the markets. The Straits Times Index down by 1.2% at 3,300 points. South Korea's Kospi down by 1.1%. Australia's ASX down by 2.2%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng down by 3.7%. The Shanghai Composite Index down by 2.3%. Right now, the only index in the green, mildly, is Japan's Nikkei, up 0.8%. Um, we don't need to look at Brent crude oil right now because I need to guess up my car soon. And I know that I'm not going to be happy to see what the prices at the pumps are going to be. Because it looks like Brent crude oil is on an upswing again. Jeff, now... This is interesting because expectations for Singapore's monetary policy or growth trajectory were largely unshaken by uh, the Fed's announcements on uh, Wednesday. The rate hike in the U.S. and a recession looks unlikely for now, at least here, we think, fingers crossed. Though some economists are seeing a risk of slowdown, independent of whatever the Fed said. However, there have been people in the States, analysts in the States, who are signaling that they think a recession in the U.S. at least is uh, inevitable? Well, they don't know, Clarissa. <laughs> I, I, I think to be honest, that's, I mean, seriously, they, they don't know. But what they are able to do is take into account all the high-frequency data prints to make that estimate. So obviously you can look at the inertia and the momentum in the inflation prints we have. And then you uh, look at where interest rates have a current uh, consensus estimate trajectory uh, towards the end of the year. And and then you can work out, okay, we might need to see higher interest rates, which, of course, do um, ultimately curb some of the growth and take out some of the economic froth, which can be exacerbating much of the inflation. Now, the inflation itself, uh, it's interesting because interest rates are not going to solve the inflation problem by themselves. Interest rate moves are a blunt force instrument, as we know, in the downtimes and the uptimes. And whether they're able to work, they obviously do work, but it's it's kind of like when you have an infection and it's you know, might have a particular uh, thorn in, uh, in your th- foot, you might take general antibiotics to, to fix it, but that thorn in the foot, you might not necessarily have the medication, exact medication to take care of that. And those two thorns in the side of the economy at the moment really are the supply chain issues. Uh, the you know, container shipping rates are still at least twice as, uh, as highly priced as they were pre-COVID. And of course, all the uh, exacerbation of inflationary pressures that have come with the Ukraine crisis on energy, commodity and food. So... Ultimately, uh, interest rates can only do so much, and I guess that um, does weigh into that uh, that uh, thesis that we could uh, be entering recession territory. Now, does the recessionary territory really impact everyone 
as much as uh, it, it might think with the headlines. Well, you've got to remember we, we had a very strong high growth rate last year globally, and that, of course, creates a very high base. And we know that here because we had significant growth in trade in Singapore. We had significant growth in manufacturing, and that ultimately creates a higher base, and it's really hard to back up from it. But ultimately, you know, we have so far. Some of these high-frequency prints that we've seen here at home have been pretty strong. You've seen retail sales up, as you said, it's, uh, it's uh, retail sales up 9% year-on-year in March. We, so, as you said, we've had a lot of data this week, and that reversed that 3.5% decline in Feb. Uh, we saw strengths in particular in Singapore in the computer and telecommunication equipment industries. The uh, footwear and the clothing and the cosmetics, toiletries, medicals, and very importantly, F&B was up 4.7% year-on-year in March. Changi Airport is also uh, a very important part of our economy. It more than doubled its passenger volumes in April, um, and it was, I think, close to 40% of its pre-COVID-19 levels as of the end of April. It's expecting to reach 50% by year-end, but ultimately, there's just there's so many factors. As we said, you have inflation and growth, but we've had this incredible challenge of COVID-19 over the past two and a half years. And globally, COVID cases continue to recede and strains are not being coming more uh, severe. So ultimately, the reopening theme has been uh, a pretty big theme for the stock market in the first four months of the year, offsetting, I guess, some of the noise or some of the uh, attention that has been uh, at that high level, that is, um, you know, growth versus inflation. All right. Now, I'm looking very quickly at the index today and mm. all, all the usual suspects that would be green standouts, they're all in the red today. But you said before we went on air, you expect that. Yeah, I mean, the, so the STI today, it, it has returned to those mid to late April lows, which is at that 3,300 threshold. And if you look at the general you know, the, look at this general macro geopolitical uncertainty that has been this overarching theme this year. What we've seen is because of that, there has been no real clear trend for the STI. In fact, it's actually been in a pretty wide trading range. So remember last year, we ended at 3130. Mm. So we ended lower, 3130. We then rallied to 3460 in mid-Feb. We then came back to 3130 on the 8th of March and then back up to that 3460 level at the end of March. And we're currently trading at these April lows of 3300. So there's been very clear wide trading range. And that makes sense given the, uh, I wouldn't say complexity, but the amount of drivers that have been in the market. So if you look at, uh, for instance, uh, how, how to exemplify that, you look at um, since the 18th of April. So the STI, we had that run up. Now we've come back to that 18th of April low at, at around 3,300. You've had Jardine Cycle and Carriage, Singapore Post, Lipo Moore's Indonesia Retail Trust, Keppel Corp and Venture Corp among the strongest of our broader all share, uh, uh, share index. While you've got Semcorp Marine, IFAST, Yoma, Riverstone and Oceanus uh, among the least performers. So there's been a clear... Um, uh, very diversified, dispersed type of performance across all the big index constituents. And that's really to these drivers and these big global moves. So for the week, as we said, not much different. Energy sector has led the global stocks, and that's been followed by banks and maybe a little different tech stocks 
uh, have been uh, in play again this week. So in Singapore, uh, for the first four and a half sessions of the week, you had the trio of DBS, OCBC and UOB averaging, um, I think, something like close to 2% gains between 1% and 2%. Ventures up 2.3%. UMS is down 25 um, but sorry, AEM's up 2.3% and Ventures up 5.6%. So energy stocks um, have been obviously the the, dry, the big the big movers. You've got Rex, RH, Geo Energy, and Golden Energy and Resources averaging five to six percent gains this week. Uh, but ultimately, as we said, the the, the banks um, they've they they've been uh, I guess more defensive globally. Uh, this week than, than the Singh banks, but we've had obviously quite a few moves last week as we had the numbers. Let me just double check. Sorry, Clarissa, I, just on those those banks for the week to date, um, that was a decline. Sorry, not a gain. They've actually actually averaged 1.7% declines so far this week, but nonetheless had still been outperforming much of the APAC banks uh, for the year to date, and hence seeing some. Uh, you know, basically the returns catch up and 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 be a little bit more correlated to the region now. For the for the for the non mid to large caps, uh, what's interesting for the net institutional inflows, which have been dominated by the typical big large cap names, you've also got Jutian Chemical, which has led the net instant inflows for the first four sessions of the week. And this is a catalyst listed stock. It's a uh, let me pronounce this right, dimethylformamide uh, manufacturer, and it reported this week its first quarter FY22 net profit actually came in at a 123% increase year on year, despite having 15 days of lower production in January due to COVID-related restrictions in China. So that uh, has been has been a, a uh, one of the one of the movers, but ultimately, uh, so much going on as we said. And and all these all these all these key drivers and it it it, it starts again tonight. Um, so it's been a been a busy week, and then we've got really big numbers coming out tonight at eight thirty. All right. Now one of the numbers um, that we were looking at earlier this week was what was the Fed going to do? What are we mm-hmm. looking forward to, to from tonight onwards? Yeah. It's, see, it all depends on what the data prints do. And so tonight at eight thirty Sing time. The two very big numbers uh, for the U.S. on the growth and inflation outlook is the the April employment number, the mm. change in non-farm payrolls, which is expected to put on 380,000 jobs in April, according to Bloomberg. But also, we're going to have the average hourly earnings in April, and that's expected to be up five and a half percent in April, which is very similar to March's increase of 5.6 percent year on year. So these high-frequency prints, particularly these two tonight, they provide the cues for the bonds and the equities, in addition to the interpretations or the outlook for the Fed officials. So going into next week, we have a pretty busy Fed Reserve speaking circuit. Uh, the, the Fed chair is not scheduled to speak at the moment, but next week we have some FOMC voters speaking. So you have uh, the New York Fed president on the 10th of May, uh, the Fed Governor Waller on the 10th of May, the Cleveland Fed president I think is on the 10th and the 13th. And while the majority expectations are still expecting this target band of around 275 to 300 basis points by the end of the year, there can still be uh, quite a bit of, um, I guess, interpretation, as you, as you say, and conjecture in terms of the speed, the pace, and the ultimate outlook for the growth versus inflation. So that's, that's, that's in the US. Um, 
no big data releases scheduled for Singapore, but in the region you have the first quarter GDP for Indonesia to be released on Monday, and that's pretty much uh, expected to be, I think, pretty similar to the fourth quarter of the end of last year. So the consensus expectations is 5% year-on-year growth. April um, CPI will also be released for Indonesia. Then on the geopolitical side, you have Russia celebrating Victory Day on Monday. So all eyes obviously on the Russian president's Victory Day speech and any indications on next moves in the Ukraine crisis as well as um, frictions with NATO and so forth will be watched. Then on the corporate action front, we have close to 70 stocks going ex-dividend next week. So we had close to 60 stocks this week, another 70 stocks going ex-dividend next week. That's predominantly because of the dividends for their full year that ended in 2021. And the the dividends do matter. They do impact returns. If you look at the SDI through to the Friday morning session, it had gained something like 5.7% in price, but dividends had boosted that total return for the STI um, by more than one full percent to 7.4 percent. So that's um, that's a pretty busy corporate action front. Um, I should also mention Wilmar Internationals bought uh, back five million shares this week at an average price of four dollars forty-one, uh, and that's um, that's a new buyback program. Last year on its buyback program, uh, Wilmar International, I think it bought back close to 20 million shares. So that's quite a significant amount of shares, 5 million in the course of a week, when you consider last year it was 20 million shares in total. Uh, and that followed the company reporting its uh, its financials for the first quarter of this year, back on the 29th of April, back on last Friday. Uh, and that reported, I think, its core net profit increased by something like 19% to around 500 million US dollars, which was on the back of plantation sugar milling and the firmer palm oil prices. And just really to sum up, I guess, where those two areas of strength have been, as we said, there's multiple drivers from the commodity front for the year to date, the strongest of the stocks of our broader raw share index, they have been commodity related. Geo Energy Resources, Bumitama Agri, Semcorp Industries, First Resources, Golden Agri Resources, and of course the local and the regional reopening has also buoyed uh, stocks like Jardine Cycle and Carriage, City Developments, and that reopening theme really has extended to the REITs as well, Clarissa. So Suntech REIT, CDL Hospitality Trust, Far East Hospitality Trust, and Ascot Resident Trust have led the S-rate sector so far this year. All righty. The SDI still in the red, now down 1.3% to 3,299 points. It just slipped under 3,300. You know, we'll see what happens with it in the next few hours. That's it. That is a wrap. We've been joined by Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. Jeff, it has been an absolute privilege to have you, had you on the show with me every week. No am- way. Are you kidding? It's, it's our privilege. We, uh, we are so thankful for the airtime you give us uh, for the stock market. It's, uh, you know, my first boss at SGX always said it takes a village and, mm-hmm. uh, and you have definitely been a great voice for us as the middlemen to help uh, get the message out of what the listed companies are doing, the intermediaries are doing, the investors are doing. Uh, We are so grateful for your time and the work you've put in over the last four years, Clarissa. On a personal front, Jeff, I'd like to say I'm so glad that I can now count you as a friend as much as I have counted on you as an esteemed presenting partner. Thank you so much. Now, Jeff will, of course, continue to share his insights with Money FM 89.3, and I look forward to hearing those as a listener. This has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero. 
Stay with Singapore's most influential radio station. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.